This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN. Your Unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend at 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. That Unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend. That funny moment. That crazy moment. The dumb moments, that bad moment, right? We've been talking about the Lions, their terrible loss yesterday to the Ravens. Obviously, the Eagles with a great win over the Miami Dolphins. Strength of schedule, an issue there with the Dolphins in terms of they win against the bad teams, lose against the good teams, something to keep an eye on. But uh, that AFC East took a little bit of a twist yesterday. And as much as a Pats fan, I'd love to just make this all about Belichick and his 300th win overall in his NFL career in the regular season. Guys, I think this is a Bills story today. And... There has to be legit concern in Buffalo. You know, we've been saying for weeks now that the Sean McDermott case as a hot seat candidate has to be brought up. And there are different cases of hot seat candidates, right? We're just talking about Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Brandon Staley is the kind of guy that may not have a season next year as a head coach. He gets fired and becomes a coordinator somewhere. Sean McDermott is in a different case. He could get fired for not living up to the Bills' expectations and get a head coaching job the next day, right? He's done enough where another team would want him. But, guys, we are sitting here. They are not very good in Buffalo right now. They are 4-3 and three on the season. Their quarterback has been fine at best. And there's some stuff, clearly, with the wide receiver and Steph Diggs. He didn't even speak to the media after the game yesterday. CC, there are all kinds of signs here in Buffalo that they could be a little bit of a hot mess. Hell, I wouldn't want to speak to the media if I was on the losing side of that game. If I'm in that Bills locker room, knowing that we're a more talented team than the Patriots and finding ourselves down double digits in the fourth quarter, how is that even possible? The, the Patriots, the, the only win that they had on the season is, is an awful, awful win against the New York Jets. There's no way that we should be in a situation where we've got to mount that type of comeback in the fourth quarter in order to beat them. And the most frustrating part about it is they actually did it. They actually did mount the comeback. They did. Jordan Boyer punched it out. They go down, score a touchdown. Cool. We get the two-point conversion. We're up three. We're less than two minutes to go. We should win this game. And then your defense gives it all back on an eight-play, 75-yard drive by Mac Jones, who I thought played well yesterday. Did, but it ain't right. about Mac Jones. It's about what the, New, uh, what the Buffalo Bills allowed the New England Patriots to do offensively. They, they thought they were going to roll their helmet out there and get a win. Now, I'll say this, Smalls. Maybe yesterday is an example of some of the injuries taking a toll on that Bills defense. Remember, Trey White got hurt a few weeks ago. Matt Milano got hurt a couple weeks ago in London. So did Daquan Jones, their outstanding defensive tackle. So their defense lost key contributors on all three levels. Maybe that's playing a part in how they're playing overall, but that's still no excuse for losing that football game yesterday. And that's what makes me point to coaching, also makes me point to leadership. For all of the gifts that Josh Allen has, the one thing that we want to see from him is the leadership moment. When is he going to grab this team by the throat? When is he going to demand that they're more consistent in terms of how they approach every single opponent? If they played every game with the same sense of urgency we saw them play with against the Miami Dolphins a few weeks ago, 
something like what we saw yesterday in Foxborough doesn't happen. And that's the most maddening part about trying to predict what the Buffalo Bills ceiling is in 2023. Absolutely. I think you're right on about the Bills defense and the injuries contributing to the attrition that we've seen. But you expect so much more from Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills offense. CC earlier in the show, you mentioned that they have 10 first point halves, uh, 10 First half points, excuse me, in the past three games, yeah. two of those were losses. In those three games, the Bills have been outscored 63-59. to 59. <laughs> Do you know, add on to that, Smalls, and part of the reason that that may happen? So Josh Allen throws an interception yesterday on his first pass to Jabril, Jabril Peppers of the Patriots. Do you know that Josh Allen has never gone two straight games since being in the leagues in 2017 without turning the ball over back-to-back games? Didn't He's know that. Had didn't know it, but games. I can guess it. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know it, but I can guess Cece, it. That is uh, that's a low bar. I'm asking my quarterback, who's considered, I know we throw this term around a lot, elite, to go two games without turning the ball over, and he's never gone back to back games without turning the football over. And nobody is saying he's bad. Nobody's saying Sean McDermott is bad. And sure as hell, nobody's saying that Steph Diggs is, is bad. I'm saying but, Sean McDermott is bad, though. I'm saying, I'm saying year, it. I'm, I'm saying, saying yeah. Well, I'm saying it because we, we know that their formula for success on the offensive side of the ball doesn't involve Josh Allen dropping back and throwing the ball 45 times. That's how many dropbacks he had yesterday. Why are we continuing to do this? I, I've given the numbers chapter and verse. When he drops back 40 or more times, it's nothing good for the Buffalo Bills offense. It's nothing good for their team in the way of wins and losses. Stop doing it. More Josh Allen doesn't equate to better for the Buffalo Bills. Less is more when it comes to Josh Allen. Now, maybe that's less opportunities to turn the football over, less opportunities to mess things up. But again, against the New England Patriots, the only way the Patriots win that game is if you give them life. The Patriots scored a touchdown off of the turnover they had in the first half. They scored a touchdown off of the turnover on downs they had in the second half. That's 14 points off of turnovers. Don't turn the damn ball over. And the way in which the Pats are built, the Pats are built right now defensively to actually stop Josh Allen. They clearly have revamped their team, knowing they're going to have to play him twice a year. They have small linebackers in some areas and big safeties at other areas. What does that mean? You want a shadow on the quarterback. And they they had that all game long yesterday where they shadowed Josh Allen and they had people like Jabril Peppers, who's a bigger, stronger safety, Kyle Duggar, et cetera, all over him. So when you're talking about the drop back, they were there with him. So they were prepared for him to run. They were prepared, like, hand the ball off to James Cook and go to work that way. They didn't do that. I think the Bills, you know, we did this a week or two ago. We said, keep an eye on the Browns. I know the Browns are winning, but we said this Browns-Deshaun Watson storyline is one that has to be followed. We were right about that. I think the three of us now are saying this Bills storyline has to be followed as to what's going on there. And our producer, Nuno, uh, asked us the question in our ears. He says, what about trading digs? What about trading Steph Diggs? And nobody's saying Steph Diggs is not good. But is there a chemistry thing now where there's been all kinds of scuttlebutt? You know, Stephen A. over the summer reported the idea that maybe Diggs wants out. Mm-hmm. They all deny that. Diggs doesn't speak to the media yesterday. He looks miserable even after scoring a touchdown because they were down when that happened. Is there kind of a chemistry change that is needed here? And it's harsh, but is Diggs, is Diggs the guy that goes? Well, they just gave Diggs some money. I, I, they gave him money last year. I don't, I don't know if he's going to go anywhere. I think it might be hard to actually move him. But here's what I'll say. The best version of Josh Allen we've seen has come since they traded for Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. So if you're the organization, I don't know if I'm in a hurry to get rid of Stephon Diggs. I think it's far more likely that they would get rid of their head coach than they would the wide receiver. 
because Sean McDermott at this point is like, okay, we've had opportunities to get to the postseason. We pretty much had the AFC East in a stranglehold over the last four years, but we don't have a lot of winning to show for it when it matters the most. So ultimately what it comes down to is what this team can actually do this year once they get into the tournament. If this is a team that has an early exit in the playoffs or if they don't make the playoffs, God forbid, then I think we're absolutely talking about a coaching change. I think the Buffalo Bills have to get to the divisional round of the playoffs this year to justify hanging on to Sean McDermott. they got to at least get back to where they were last year in order for them to stay the course. If it, if they leave, if they if they get eliminated any earlier than that for whatever reason, then we're probably talking about a coaching change in Buffalo. I think they're far more likely to do that than trade away Steph Diggs. Yeah, there clearly is a complicated relationship with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen slash the Buffalo Bills organization. Make no mistake about <laughs> say, that. Say the least. <laughs> say the least. Understatement it's, of the season. It's obvious, <laughs> but... If you're the Buffalo Bills, getting rid of him is in some way punting on the season, right? You're removing mm, – Not necessarily. You're removing a, a massive weapon from your offense. To me, that's saying we don't think that we're going to win a Super Bowl. Why would you do that? Yeah. And I, if I'm I, the Bills, I'm, I'm looking – I'm right behind the Dolphins in the standings. They are a team that we've beat and that hasn't really beat a quality opponent yet. Why would I dismantle my team or remove talent from the equation if I think I still have a chance to go for it? A thousand percent fair. I guess my thought process is if they ever go to that place, it's more that they think, then they may be wrong, that they'll unlock something with Josh Allen that they don't have unlocked right now because of the interaction, the chemistry, the, the, the stuff that you actually can't put your finger on. And I understand that that's a leap because numerically, obviously, it doesn't work that way. Now, the flip side of this, what an interesting day for the Pats. They get a win, right? They get their second win of the season. They look like the team that everybody thought they may look like to start the season. You have the Patriots Hall of Fame ceremony going on on the same day that the NFL Network is reporting. Boy, it looked like they really want Mike Vrabel there, don't it? But wait, there's more. Hold on, hold on. But wait, there's more on that. So they have, on the same day that the NFL Network is reporting, Belichick actually signed a contract extension before the season. Vrabel is there getting inducted into the Pats Hall of Fame. The ceremony's at halftime. Listen to the current Tennessee Titans head coach at halftime of a Patriots game. Come on, we got a game to win. I can't be up here that long. Yeah, I don't know about you. I've never said, if, if CC, I've never been on that team. But I'm sure when you were on the Giants, you didn't say we about your former team, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. And that it's, it's, we spoke volumes in my mind exactly. all of a sudden. That ain't DJ Khaled saying we. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> yeah, that is, exactly. No, that that that's interesting way of phrasing things. But I think in the moment, Mike Vrabel understands his crowd. Like he wants to be inclusive of that. He's going in the Patriots Ring of Honor. Yeah. So it's that's a, a wee it's a moment. Royal I, I thought I thought the biggest takeaway was the crowd's response they to him Riddle. going into the Ring of Honor. And for him to be the you know, viewed as one of the better head coaches in our league and the Patriots seemingly on the verge of transitioning to another voice on the sidelines mm-hmm. other than Bill Belichick. I don't know. It seems like Vrabel would be really, really interesting. They're like, we, we've seen Robert Kraft do this before, trading for a head coach. This is not something that would be out of the realm of possibility. I get that Gerard Mayo is supposed to be the guy, but you already got proof of concept with Mike Vrabel that he knows how to coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's not an anti-Mayo thing because I'm right there with you. You guys know I have fought every step of the way, Belichick back, Belichick back, which I still want. But if you're telling me he's not going to be back and I have that guy as my head coach – that's not a mystery. We yeah. know exactly who he is. 
but this feels like, oh, Ben and J-Lo are having dinner together after they weren't together for 10 years. Oh, now they're getting married. We've got a game to win? This feels like a little <laughs> bit of flirting. Like, all of a sudden, we're going to circle that game weeks from now, months from now, and be like, yeah, that's, that's when he got the job. That 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 was the moment right there when he went we when he was a Titans. Oh head really? Coach. You don't think that he would have had it before this if that's something I'm that just he saying, wanted? At least it's the public version of it, right? That's when we see it for the first time. Well, yeah. If you're, and the way that the crowd responded to him, he's obviously a franchise legend. He is a he's the personification of what they view to be winning football in a culture mm. that even though Bill Belichick is still there isn't the same in New England and they're looking at the toughness he brings and the relationships that he has with players how they want to play for him just he's very charismatic they're looking at him saying man we have a relationship with you we would love to have you back so let me ask you guys this question I'm gonna float this out there I know we're up against a break 2025 first round pick from the Patriots to the Titans from Mike Vrabel who says no after the season. 2020, and he's the coach next year, you're and saying? he's the coach next year for the Patriots. Well, Patriots, I would hope. You would hope the Patriots Cause say the no. Cause, no, because I want Belichick back still. Oh. I see, I go, you want the pick? Oh, my gosh. All right. Okay. He's not going away without kicking and screaming. Um, Probably they should trade Mayo to the, the Titans. Let Mayo be the head coach of the Titans. <laughs> that actually makes some sense. They're going to have to restart some of it anyway. Do it with a young I'm just saying, rel- relatively new general, general manager in, in Tennessee, Rand Carthorn. Mike Rabel is not his guy. Not, not, everybody knows Mike Rabel's a hell of a coach. I'm just saying mm. we could live in a world where the Patriots would entertain that because we've seen his franchise trade for head coaches before. Ran is a part. His dad's a Parcells guy, Mo oh. Carthon. There's all the family <laughs> stuff going on there. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Coming up, does anyone know what's going on with Deshaun Watson? We don't. We'll try to understand it next on Sportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, like ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Shout out to the crew in Chicago sending us the Ice Shakers today. 25 years, ESPN Chicago. You see it if you're watching on ESPN2 right in front of us. We are so thankful to be in the seats that we're in, and we are so thankful for all of the great stations out there. And We want to uh, promote you and hype you and send us the gear so we can put it on our set each and every day. And, of course, a reminder, the Roads to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all of the postseason action, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. We've got a Game 7 today between the Rangers and the Astros. Scherzer on the bump. That is going to be interesting to keep an eye on. And then, of course, a Game 6 between the Phillies, who try to close it out against the Diamondbacks. And all of it will be heard right here on ESPN Radio. So, 
As part of Evan Almighty, the segment we do on Friday, I threw out there that, and you can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast, that if Deshaun Watson were going to play for the Browns, I don't see him making it through a full game. Because normally, and CeCe knows this a lot better than we do, when one party feels tentative about playing and the other party wants you to come back and kind of rushes you and you're not on the same page injury-wise – a lot of times that results in some sort of injury because maybe your mind is not right, your body's not right, etc. Deshaun Watson goes in there for the Browns, who won yesterday in a controversial call, which we'll get to, 39-38, and throws five passes, one of them an interception, looked terrible, comes out of the game, concussion protocol, clears all of the tests, and the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, after their win, Kevin Stefanski, said this about Watson. Deshaun took that big hit on the shoulder. He cleared concussion protocol, but I just did not want to put him back out there. I wanted to protect our franchise quarterback. That was my decision, and that's what it was. All right, CeCe, we got to go to you on this. We understand protecting athletes from themselves. Is that normal, what we just heard? Um, no, it's not normal, but I think based on what they saw for Deshaun Watson, his early pass attempts, the guy wasn't himself. Throwing the football, he wasn't himself. So from a standpoint of being able to operate the offense and impose the the requisite threat to uh, defenses, to opposing defenses, I, I just – Deshaun Watson didn't give them as good a chance to be able to win that game yesterday as Phillip Walker did. And I think that's what was behind the decision for Kevin Stefanski to bench Deshaun Watson or to take him out of the game. I think it's, it's twofold. It's a matter of Watson not being comfortable – but it's also a matter of Stefanski recognizing that this is an opportunity for us to get a win, lean on our defense. Even though Phillip Walker leaves a little bit to be desired, we can still find a way with as good as our defense is, as good as our specials is, and that's exactly what they did. Now, can't take any credit away from Phillip Walker because he made a big boy throw against Mm -hmm. cover two on that final drive um, to get the go-ahead points, and so I will give him credit. Also want to give a shout-out to the referees because it feels like they were (laughs) Cleveland Browns fans yesterday at the end of that game with the penalties, the DPI, and the holding call on Amari Cooper. But, uh, again, Cleveland's defense paved the way for them to be able to win that football game, Smalls, and Miles Garrett specifically. They had four takeaways but Miles Garrett was responsible for two of those takeaways with strip sacks. Let me just ask you a follow-up on this. In your mind, Deshaun Watson exited the game because he was hurt or he got benched and it was coded as he was injured? Yes. Mm. Yes, it's both. Right. So in other words, it's the both. benched concept can be floated out there as a conversation. Well, he wasn't good enough to operate the offense. If he if he can't throw the ball, and, and yesterday it didn't, we didn't see any signs that he could – then I think it's in the best interest of the team to put him on the bench. The head coach has a responsibility to all the players in that locker room. Like He's got to make sure that he puts somebody out there that's capable of giving them a chance to win. And it was clear early on that Deshaun Watson didn't do that with his early pass attempts. I mean, one was a check down to Jerome Ford. The other one was a screen pass to Kareem Hunt. And they weren't even in the zip code. And those aren't long throws. There ain't a whole lot of air yards on those throws. And Deshaun Watson didn't make those throws. So there's a question about whether or not Deshaun is healthy enough to be able to throw the football in such a way that the offense can function properly. When's the last time you really felt like Deshaun Watson was the reason the Cleveland Browns won a game? Never. For $230 million guaranteed, that's quite the statement. I I mean, I'm not watching every second of every Browns game. But you're not locked in. <laughs> I mean, but I think we keep we keep going back to I the mean, defense. It's, it's never the wrong answer because you were specific. You said the Browns, not. I mean, I remember watching. I'm talking about the Browns the specifically. Kicking butt specifically for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, like never. 
that he was the reason? I mean, coming into this past week, CeCe was saying that the best unit on, on defense in the NFL would be the Browns. Best on offense would be the Dolphins at times. And maybe both of those took a hit, you can argue. Maybe not. Whatever it is. But I, I don't know that we look at that offense, specifically the quarterback, and say he's the reason. The running game, yeah, when Chubb was healthy. Kareem Hunt, Ford, as we mentioned. I, never. The answer is never. And, I, and and here's the weird thing. It's been a disaster the last couple of weeks with him. It's been awful. Yet they're 2-0. and oh. It's been awful. But what does that say about him in this situation? That you can't point to one wow moment that he's had so far in his Browns tenure that makes you say he won that game for them or he elevated his team. And you're looking at P.J. Walker getting the job done? Yeah, I don't know. I, Smalls, it's a great question because I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, do you just voluntarily say, sit down? Like, you're obviously banged up. Yeah. And you're mentally or physically, whatever it is, or both. Sit down for a little bit. We have Seattle coming up. Then we have the Cardinals. Then at the Ravens. Then home against the Steelers. Those are the next four. We're good. We got you. We'll get you back in whenever it is. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that's scarier than that than anything we just said, CeCe. In my mind, they're probably not encouraging him to rush at this point. They're like, we're good. You're good. Take your time. Yeah, but here's why he should want to rush. This team actually has a chance to do something because of how good their defense is, because of how good their running game is. I mean, they had another day on the ground where they rushed for over 150 yards. If you can run the ball the way the Browns can, and if you can play defense the way the Browns are capable of, then there's no reason why this team can't get to the postseason with competent quarterback play. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge step for this organization, just continuing to be consistent in terms of being able to find a way to get to the playoffs. And so if Deshaun Watson doesn't come back when he has this team that's supporting him, then I don't – it's hard not to look at the the trade and the decision to guarantee the contract as one of the worst moves in NFL history. It might already be that regardless of what happens the rest of the way, but Deshaun Watson has got to find a way to return – the, co- the return in kind, the confidence and the trust that the organization has given to him with this deal by being able to go out there and help this team get more wins. And at what point, if you're the Cleveland Browns, are you like, we're just going to continue to roll with what's working? I know it's P.J. Walker, but they've won two games in a row now, including one over the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. At some point, do you not want to do the start, stop, start, stop thing with Deshaun? Are you ready? Are you healthy? Let's pull you out. Like At some point, don't you want to have some consistency? Well, well, here's the thing. Yeah, you do want to have consistency. You want to have consistency with your game plan. And think about this. With Deshaun Watson getting the start, it's fair to say that P.J. Walker didn't get the lion's share of the reps in practice. So right. that takes away from his ability to be effective when he's called into duty. So you do want to have some confidence and some consistency week to week and what you're doing but here's the thing pj walker a couple of mistakes a, a game i guess they find a way to live with it or they find a way to work around it but Deshaun watson threw two picks yesterday i mean one got called back on, on a replay review by kenny moore but it was essentially two picks and five five yep. pass attempts mm-hmm. so if deshaun watson is going to do that anyway then why not go with pj walker exactly. a guy that's been able to win you two games here's the amazing thing cc you said this team could get to the playoffs with competent quarterback play. Yeah, I'd argue they're on pace for the playoffs without competent quarterback play. It's PJ Walker was fifteen to thirty two, one hundred and seventy eight in a pick. It's not like he was so good. There's two names that Browns fans. Yeah, have. but he made that throw on third and ten. I mean, it's third and ten. Well, they got than, a huge break less, with the pass less, interference. Less than late. three minutes to go. No, that that wasn't a, that wasn't no, a pass. I'm later, later. Yeah, later. But I'm talking about the throw that he made to Elijah Moore. That was a big boy throw against yeah. cover two. And that was a 30-yard pickup when they were backed up and they had to have it. So down five, probably not going to get the ball again. He makes that throw. 
I mean, that, that is a tight window throw by any metric, any standard. So if he can give you more of that by virtue of just being out there more and building his confidence. Consistency. Exactly. <laughs> then, then, why, then why wouldn't this offense be in a better position? Why wouldn't this team be in a better position? Again, nobody's saying that P.J. Walker is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. But P.J. Walker might be a better option at quarterback right now, given the circumstances, than Deshaun Watson. And it's crazy to say that because the quarterback that we're talking about sitting on the bench is a guy that has a $230 million guarantee with his contract. There are two names that Browns fans I've heard bring up. Jacoby Brissett, who was their backup last year, part-time starter, is now in Washington, and Josh Dobbs, who's the starter in Arizona. Both of them are probably upgrades over P.J. Walker, but the amazing thing is right now, by name, CC, if you were running the Cleveland Browns, the starting quarterback next week for the Cleveland Browns would be? P.J. Walker. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I walked in at halftime and said, everybody here has got a choice. Jace McClellan gets the touchdown. And for the first time today, Bama is in the lead. Good, bad, or ugly. We all channeled in and figured out that we can win this thing. Challenges are great. I enjoy coaching this team. That's not to say that they're taking years off of my life, but I'm okay with that. Uh, it's, it's fun. Oh, boy. Once you understand what Nick Saban's all about, then you could laugh. If you don't understand going in, <laughs> then it's harder to laugh that way. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio alone. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. All right, I got to throw out a theory off of the college football weekend. What up? Here we go. How much longer are we going to be seeing Caleb Williams in college football? Caleb Williams, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Everyone says he's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. I think we have no reason to believe he's not going to be the number one pick. I am a believer in starting something you finish. You're a team. You're part of the team. You want to start with the team. You want to finish with with the team. In the modern-day world that we're in in college football, where the great players, if they're not in a college football playoff game, they don't play in the bowl games most of the time. I wonder how many more games Caleb Williams is going to play USC quarterback in college football, considering he's probably out of the Heisman race right now, and they're definitely out of the college football playoff. They have games left against top 10 teams in Washington and Oregon. They have their rivalry game against UCLA. He could play all of the games the rest of the season. I'm not saying he won't. 
I'm just asking the question, is this going to become a question as we move forward within the college football season? No, not unless there's an injury that Caleb Williams suffers. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, he's got he's to finish what he started, and I think this is an opportunity to see his sports character on display and for a team that's going to be drafted a guy, number one, they're going to be relying on Caleb Williams to be a culture changer. And so to get things turned around because – you know, teams that are drafting at the top of the NFL draft are usually bad. They have bad programs. They're pushing to the restart. You want to see how Caleb Williams plays and how he responds, even when his team is out of competing for a national title, even if he's out of it when it comes to the race for individual accolades at the end of the season. So there's a lot still to be gained for Caleb Williams in this thing. And I think he's better served by showing people just exactly what he's capable of and who he is as a player, even when things are less than ideal. I know that barring injury right now, he's the number one overall pick, right? We're talking about this guy as a generational talent. So I get what you're saying. Protect your financial future and your body by eliminating the risk of getting hurt. Yeah. But if I'm the team that's going to draft him, I want him to want to play. I want him to want to be out there and rally with his team, even when the situation isn't ideal and maybe when you don't have a national championship out on the table. Yeah, I'm concerned when football players don't want to play football. Me too. That bothers me. And I I get the stakes of this thing. I understand that. But you have to weigh that versus the likelihood that he's going to suffer a career-ending injury. Because barring that, he's still going to be a really, really high draft pick. Like Even if he ends up having an ACL tear at some point over the next four games, God forbid, we right. don't, we're not calling for that. Even if that happens, he's still going to be in a conversation for the number one overall pick. And so I guess from my standpoint, I, I want to see him go out there and play even though things are perfect. Because everybody can go out there and ball when things are great. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to respond when things aren't great? And that's typically how things go in the NFL. Very rarely are you going to have you know, every single Sunday in a regular season where your team is everybody's healthy and the coach has the perfect game plan and there's nothing working against you. So I want to see how Caleb Williams navigates the final four games and especially against the three teams that are ranked in the top 25, right? So I, I think there's – And the bowl game doesn't matter. The, the bowl game doesn't matter. Yeah, you can right. sit out the bowl game. But right. I'm just – because if the bowl game is not in the college football playoff – Then whatever. Then, then whatever. Yeah, that's whatever. the second that's season. That's prep time. You yeah, but the regular season, yeah. what you committed to, what you guys have been training for all offseason, like this is something that you have to see through with your guys. And I think it's a tremendous opportunity for Caleb Williams to show the entire world – the, what he's all about from a sports character standpoint. You talk about you want to see what it's like for him when everything's not perfect. Yeah. Well, he's going to go into a situation in the NFL where everything no is doubt. not perfect. No so doubt. It's it's good for him to experience a little dose of that now. Well, and, and I want to be clear. What I'm what I'm asking here is a question. I'm not making a statement that he should do that. I don't actually believe he should do that. That said, maybe my mind has been conditioned in a way that it wasn't five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, or when we were growing up. Like this is. This would be just blasphemous when the three of us were growing up, even this suggestion that a player could consider this. Now we live in a different world. I'm not suggesting better nor worse. I'm just saying different. That I want to follow up on one thing. CeCe, if he decided, he being Caleb Williams, decided, you know what? Thanks for everything, USC. I'll donate money forever. I'll be on the sidelines. I'll come back for game day like C.J. Stroud did this weekend. Ohio State, great win over Penn State. C.J. Stroud was a guest picker. I'll do all of that. But I gotta shut it down. I gotta start my draft prep. Would you not consider him taking taking him number one overall? Would that change your mindset if you're the Bears, assuming they get number one with the Panthers? Well, I don't, I don't think it changes the mindset of teams that are that are that are desperate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, teams that are looking at it and say we have no other choice. We need a guy 
to come save us from ourselves. And, and, and I think Caleb Williams is views as that kind of prospect that you can't screw up a once-in-a-generation type of talent. But I, I, would, I would have a little cause for pause when it came to whether or not this player is going to live up to the building because of the decision to shut it down for the remaining four games of the season. Again, football players want to play football. And, and so I, I get that there is a, a certain degree of risk that's associated with playing the Final Four games. But it's football. Right. There's always going to be risk with football. There's risk in training for the NFL draft. Like you hear about it every draft season. A couple of years ago, David Ajabo, who was supposed to be a top 15 pick, tore his Achilles at a pro day workout. Yeah, it happens. Know. It's football. And so I get worried when football players don't want to play football. Speaking of football, um, Marvin Harrison Jr., Maser- Maserati Marv. Really good at football. <laughs> Maserati. Re- re- really good at football. Really good at football. Heisman good at football? Top two pick in the NFL draft good at football. So then Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. both may be on the Bears next year. I'm just saying, it could happen. I want you to think about that. What a, a, com- what a combo it, it, that it would could, be. It could happen. All, all I'm saying is this. I would not be surprised. Caleb Williams goes off the board, number one. I would not be surprised if there is a team sitting there at two, and they've got to make a decision. we got a quarterback. Do we trade out and let a team that's quarterback starved move up, or do we take Marvin Harrison Jr.? Wait I, a think, I think Wait that a becomes minute. a real conversation. No, seriously. I, I think that I becomes a real you, conversation. I have something for you. Let's play this out. Let's say someone outside of the Bears gets one. The Bears have two. Do you take Marvin Harrison Jr.? No, you got to have the quarterback. Yeah. If you don't have okay, the conviction so of the quarterback. Yeah. If you're the Bears, you need the quarterback. You I'm just have saying, the do you think you take, Fields No, no, you take Drake, okay. you take Drake right. May. You I'm take just Drake saying, May. These, these are fun hypotheticals you take, to play you take, out there. You take Drake May. But what I'm saying is if a team... But you'd win to little. No, because CC, If a team has two and they already got their quarterback, do we trade down and let a team that wants a quarterback move up? Or do we take Marvin Harrison Jr.? Because he's just that damn See, good. See, the, the reason I'm pointing this oh. out is I know the CC smile. CC has that smile now for two guys. Jalen Carter of the Eagles and Marvin <laughs> Harrison Jr. of Ohio State. The CC smile. We yeah. need a graphic. Yeah. The CC smile yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. There's a different smile with CC. Like, oh, I'm going to win everything with this guy. It's yeah. an exclusive list. Right. It's an exclusive hey, list. Hey, that guy is good, man. He's that so guy good. is so good. That, the CC so smile good. list is Jalen Carter. And now, uh, Jalen Devock Carter, what a flop he had last night. Anyway, uh, and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Coming up, I'm over it. But first, CC has this from Vivid Seats. Oh, uh, yes. Haven't you been to an NFL game yet this year? What you waiting for? Vivid Seats has your back for all your ticket needs. See every tackle, every touchdown, every play live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, You earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans. That's why their offer is unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, and more. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. 
Time for a round of I'm Over It here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. On the day after, we saw multiple one-win teams win in the NFL. We saw the Eagles with a great win, the Ravens with a great win. We got a Game 7 tonight on ESPN Radio, Texas and Houston in baseball. We got a Game 6 between Philly and Arizona. Everybody seems to be happy, enjoying life, enjoying the conversation. Yep. Here's Pat, (laughs) who's not with any of that. Go ahead, Pat. I'm over at Major League Baseball umpires. I'm ready for the robot umps. It's getting so ridiculous. I mean, it takes so much to be worse than Angel Hernandez, but we have seen it time and time again in these Major League Baseball playoffs. Get the robot umps in here. What are we doing? All right, who's had a worse weekend then? Baseball umps or NFL refs? Because we saw the bad spot with the Pittsburgh Rams game yesterday, and we saw the the what should have been no pass interference on an uncatchable ball in the Cleveland Indi- uh, Indianapolis game with those new uniforms, the Indianapolis night uniforms. And then we also saw the Miami Dolphins have double-digit penalties against the Eagles, and the Eagles have zero, I mean, zero accepted penalties. First team in the NFL this season to not have a penalty in a game. So I'm just saying. Hmm. Just putting it out there. I know Pat didn't want to bring that up. So he didn't answer the question then. Yeah. NFL? I would would have to say the NFL. I would have to say the NFL, I would have to say the NFL. Because multiple games. Yeah, and the games, well, I can't say that, but, I mean, the games are so important. Not that the games in baseball aren't important, but, I mean. (laughs) It's the postseason. No, 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 no. but I'm just saying you're talking about a seven-game series, and really with the NFL, this is one opportunity. You know what I mean? It's isolated, so. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like the NFL refs, because of the platform and because of how clear and obvious they can be with the replay, that there are a lot of missed calls in there or a lot of calls that were egregious. Sean Smith in Indianapolis, the whole uncatchable ball thing, the the uh, the, the written rule with the DPI, and, and the fact that you thought that that was a catchable pass at the end by Philip Walker I mean, if you're throwing ridiculous. to the crowd, it's a catchable pass. If you're throwing to Shaquille O'Neal, it ain't a catchable <laughs> pass. It's ridiculous. Next one, Pat. Speaking of, you know, rules and such, how have we not figured out NFL touchdown replay yet? How is it that in tennis that we can, like, zoom in down to, like, the most microscopic Mm -hmm. little bit of the tennis ball and soccer has goal line technology? But for some reason, the NFL, who you might have heard that they have a little bit of money, we have to watch Mm. some, like, grainy, weird high angle that we can't figure out if the ball's over. Can we please figure out replay in the NFL on touchdowns? CeCe, I'm... Deferring to you on this one. Why is it that the Players Association and the league offices have not fi- and competition committee have not agreed on let's figure this stuff out once and for all instead of having any gray area? I don't understand it either. I mean, I, I just think that there's a lot of antiquated things that the NFL does. The whole ch- the whole chain gang thing with the with the first down markers is ridiculous. We can't find a better way to measure whether or not a team has picked up the requisite 10 yards in order to get a first down. Wait, there's nothing more outdated, though. Sorry to interrupt on this. Than the manager calling to the bullpen on an actual landline. I yeah, said the same thing. I love that the landline still exists. They still use the automatic landline. It's got the cord. It's like, ridiculous. Mom, I'm on the phone. Like a girl's calling. Like, oh my God, this is so cool. Hello? I no, no, get off the phone. Well, you, well, you know they have shoulder. those on the NFL sidelines, too. For I know. The players, it's, yeah, it's like they're picking up the phone to talk to the coordinators <laughs> that are up in the booth. So, I mean, look at look at pro sports trying to keep the landline alive. Yeah. Who I love knew? And, Who knew? And, and college sports has kept the fax machine alive. The only day of the year you use a fax machine is on signing day. Yeah, letter of intent. Yeah, <laughs> nobody uses a fax machine anymore except for college sports on your letter of intent that you have. Did you fax yours in to Virginia? 
No, I just actually signed it when I was on campus. Oh, so you I, did I right. went after the signing day. Yeah. Wow, that's a big miss in your life. You yeah. missed out on the big fast. No, no, no it moment. wasn't because I had no other scholarship <laughs> offers. So it was a big not one. It was a big get. Yeah, it was a big get. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. All well, right, not Pat. for Division One schools, but anyway. What else you got, Pat? Man caves. <laughs> are you embarrassed? Like, are you embarrassed about your life that you have to build yourself a man cave to go hide from your family to watch oh, a football okay. game? You spun it. You spun it. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. But Pat, you have the action figure set up on the bar. I feel right? like your house is some version of a man cave. No, it's just an apartment. It's just a couch and so TV, it, and stuff. So it's, it's, it's a normal a apartment. Cave, it's right? a bro cave. Is it a bro cave or a man cave that you have? Just a normal apartment. It's no, a, that means bro cave. Yeah, I think Pat is kind of telling on himself. It's clear and obvious that there is no significant other in Pat's life. He doesn't have a a, a romantic interest. Jeez. I'm just I'm just putting it out there, Pat. Because if you did, if you were cohabitating with a significant other, I'm pretty do sure. Do you have a man cave, Canty? I, I do. I absolutely do. What and happened? You know, man? And you know, you, you know what happened? My wife took over my life. Which is what happens to pretty much every other man in the world. You know what your man cave should be? Your significant other takes over your life. Mm. She's not going to let me have my jerseys hanging up in the damn living room, Pat. It ain't going to work. All of my football trophies, my game balls. You know where that stuff lives? In my damn man cave. Because it can't be nowhere else in the house. The man cave is the only room that I got something to say about. The rest of the house... Living room, dining room, bedroom, the decor, all of that stuff, that is her purview. That is her realm. I have nothing to do with it. Pat doesn't understand. The amount of times, Cece, I'm sure you've been in the same spot where you've come home and you'd be like, where did this come from? I have n- we- Oh, we got a couch? I had no idea we needed a couch. Now we have a new cu- yeah. couch. I don't have a man cave. I just watch in the basement. Partially because I'm not really like a man's man kind of thing. So what, but that kind of is, a man, that yeah, is a man, man cave, though. You, but it's open for everybody. My wife not, was coming down But you're not watching on the main TV no. in, the, in the den. Yeah. Downstairs, two, two TVs set up, isolated, no windows. I'm by myself. Man so it, it sounds like a That's cave, a doesn't it? Yeah, take no, the man no out No windows me. and downstairs? Where you watch your football? That's exactly. a man cave. That's a, exactly. Also, guys, wouldn't you love to have a Pat dating show? Where we have some We'd have no episodes. Uh, some no. eligible uh, ladies, no. and he's like, what do you think about the chips? Too much air in the back, uh, yeah. right? Like, he, imagine the questions and I don't like the fact that this menu is laminated. Pat Why can't I turn the pages? On the dates on the dating show. Pat, I would watch that religiously. You're the one? I'm the one. <laughs> You're the one. Pat, we got anything else? Tolls? Oh, what, yeah. Where is my money going? I, I, every single highway is constantly under construction, holding everybody up. This toll money is supposed to be going to these highways. I'm not sure where it's going. Constant construction. Like, I know some hotels that it, that you probably know of this also, CC, in the real estate world, that every single year, they're like, we're going to pick a different part of the hotel or house, whatever it is, update it over the summer to make sure we're never outdated. Yeah. I guess that's the highway theory as well. Yeah, it's also job security for the companies that are doing the road work. Yeah, good point. That's so what job we learned security. today is that Pat Costello wants the average everyday person <laughs> who's working their butt off, working outside, working in construction, the real men and women out there and the real people out there, not like us who sit here and talk sports all day. You want them all fired? Is that what you're saying, Pat? No, I just want the I things that they're saying. working on to be fixed. I think fixed. that's what you're saying. But you know what, though, but you know what though, Pat? Pat, I'm with, I'm with you on stretch. that one, Pat. They've been doing construction on the FDR 
since I was a kid. Since FDR was alive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They've been, they been doing construction on the FDR my entire day of life, and I still don't know when they're going to get it finished. Oh, when is boy. that actually going to get done? Pat, I got one more nominee. So I'm at the Giants game yesterday. Humble brag. And, and no, I'm just, they, they had me come in. I did a pregame event. But that's not the story. The story <laughs> is my wife wanted a bag of popcorn. She loves popcorn. Go up to the vendor, and I buy a, a bag of popcorn. It's $6.50. And the the cashier asked me, yeah, you can leave a tip if you want. I'm not tipping you for a bag of popcorn that's $6.50. I'm sorry I'm not doing it. on the Giants? It doesn't matter. I don't mind paying for it. But I'm not tipping you for paying for a $6 bag of popcorn. I can one-up you real quick. Airport, bag of salt and vinegar pistachio, $17.99. That's... Ridiculous. I didn't pay it. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.